Welcome to Calvary HSM Podcast. We exist to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. We hope this blesses you. Hey guys, what's up? How are you? Happy Sunday. How cool was that video? I love that video. I also can't see a thing, so if we could possibly bring the lights down just a hair, that would be amazing. Um, hello, my name is Sophia Hartman. I am your guys' year-long intern here at HSM, and I am so happy to be with you tonight. Um, I thought that video was very fun this morning. It reminded me of the Monsters, Inc. intro, but it also gave me kind of like Emperor's New Groove music vibe. So I'm loving that we're bringing in this kind of like Disney animation vibe to HSM. Um, but happy Sunday, you guys. Did anybody have a good week in here? Can I see some hands? Anyone have a good week? Awesome. Uh, if your week wasn't as good, we are praying that from today until next Sunday, you're going to have a good one. So, um, man, we've been now, this is our second week in the Names of God series. Last week, Mr. Drew Walton, give it up for Drew. Drew crushed it. I don't know where Drew is. But Drew absolutely slayed talking about Jehovah Jireh, which means God is our provider. God is our provider. And so this week we are talking about Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shalom. And so if you want to throw that first slide up there, uh, we're talking about, oh my gosh, wait a second. Before we get into this, I have to tell you something that has nothing to do with the sermon at all. So, but it was kind of a funny thing that happened to me, so I figured because you guys are all my besties, we could have a little chat about, you know, an ironic thing that happens in my life is once a year, literally once a year, I get stung by a bee. Has anyone in this room been stung by a bee? <laughs> you raise your hands. Has anyone not been stung by a bee? Okay, you don't know the agony. Um, you don't know the pain and the agony. You've never been stung by a bee, Asher. Crazy. All right, settle down, settle down. We can share our bee sting stories in just a second, but I'm going to tell you about one that happened to me literally yesterday. I was meeting a friend at RAG, and I walked in, and I was, she walked in, and I was like, hey, girl, it's so good to see you. Put my arm around her. I had a short sleeve shirt on, so I put my arm around her like this. Instant pain. I was like, what the heck just happened? I like flinched away. This girl was probably like, what the heck is wrong with this chick? And I was like, ow. And I looked down at my arm and there's a stinger in my arm from hugging this girl. I was like, wait, before we go any further, I also don't know this girl super well. So I was like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I think there's a bee on your shoulder. She was like, what? So she turns around, sure enough, a bumblebee was sitting on her shoulder and I put my arm straight into its behind and got stung. And then I had to go through the whole coffee and I was talking about like some business stuff and my arm was in throbbing, horrible pain the whole time. I was like, and then, um, yeah, you can do this. And so right here, this is the wound. Um, you guys are like, wow, that's not really impressive. But that's where I got stung by a bee yesterday. I'm pretty sure part of the stinger is still in it because I couldn't interrupt the conversation. So I just had to leave it. It, and I was like, I'll get to this later. And now I can't touch it because it hurts. But God is our healer. Amen. Jehovah Rapha. God is our healer. Why bees? Why stingers? Good Lord, can you explain? I don't know why they have to sting us, but that was also that bee's last day on earth. So um, he, met his, he met his maker yesterday. Poor guy. Um, anyways, has nothing to do with the sermon at all. Just thought I would share uh, watch who you're hugging, check everyone, do like a 360 whenever you're going to hug somebody because you never know if they have a bee on their back. All right, are we ready to talk about the Bible? Yes, are we ready to talk about Jesus? 
Awesome. All right, turn with me, if you will, to the book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 24. Judges 6, 24. So when Drew was talking last week, for those of you guys that were here, when he was talking last week, he mentioned that Jehovah Jireh, the phrase, God is my provider, God will provide, was only found one time in the Old Testament. And that is true also of this name of God, which is Jehovah Shalom. God is our peace. So as we go to Judges 6.24, if you can't find it, uh, Judges is after the book of Joshua and before the book of Ruth. Judges 6.24, hold on, I'm a page behind, says, Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it still stands in Ophrah. Ophrah? Oprah? Anybody? Anybody watch Oprah? It stands at Oprah, which belongs to the Abizrites. Now, tonight we're not about to jump into the story of Gideon, although it's a fantastic one. But this is the only time that we hear God or the Lord is peace. This is the only time that we see the phrase Jehovah Shalom. And so God has many names that follow after this word Jehovah. Um, you hear Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sidkenu, and this one is Jehovah Shalom, or the Lord is peace. And so tonight, we're going to talk about not finding peace in activity and not finding peace in action, but finding peace in a person. Because there is one man who embodies peace itself, and that is Jesus Christ. And so Jesus... It's how we get to know the peace that God has provided here on the earth. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience the peace that God wants us to have right here on the earth. So turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians 2, verses 14 through 16. Ephesians 2, 14 through 16. I'll wait as pages turn and phones uh, get there. Ephesians 2, 14. I'm reading out of the ESV, if that helps anybody. Okay, for he himself is our peace. Man, that's really powerful, that first statement right there. We're going to read through the whole scripture, but let's just focus on that for a second. For he himself is our peace. Who is the he that this scripture is referring to? Somebody shout it out. Jesus, yes. So Jesus himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. So Jesus himself, excuse me as I start a timer, Jesus himself is our peace. And we're not going to go through and break down every single part of this scripture, but I want to focus on the fact that Jesus is our peace. And why do I keep repeating that same statement? And you're probably like, okay, Sophia, we've heard it enough. Jesus is our peace, but what does that actually mean? It means, well, let me put it in these terms. When we seek peace in an activity or an action, we are now linking peace to that activity or action. Let me put it this way. I wrote this out when I was studying in the morning, and so this is kind of just like a thought bubble that came out, but I think I said it best a few days ago. When you link peace to an activity, 
you are now making a connection that if I do this thing, I will feel this certain way. Has anybody ever done that before? I have done that a million times. I'm gonna mention a place, starts with D, ends with Disneyland. Has anyone ever been to Disneyland before? This corner has been to Disneyland. So for those of you that have been to Disneyland, Disneyland is called the happiest place on earth, right? Which means that to find your happiness, where do you have to go? Disneyland. Disneyland. Sophie went on Friday. Sophie went on Friday. Um, But, and I love Disneyland. But when you go to Disneyland, your expectation is that happiness is found at Disneyland. So as you're driving in the car, as you're going to Starbucks beforehand because the food is really overpriced in the park, right? As you're packing your snacks, as you're setting out your outfit the night before, you are doing these actions to get yourself to the place of happiness to feel this way. When you, let me read this again, when you link a feeling to an activity, now you are making a connection that if I do this thing, I will feel this certain way. If I spend an ungodly amount of money online, but go to Disneyland, I will feel happy, right? We've all done that before. I like to run. That's one of my fun physical fitness activities. I like to go on runs. When I go on runs, it makes me feel two ways. It makes me feel energized and physically fit, and it makes me enjoy, it allows me to enjoy the nature that's around me, right? Most of our lives now are in buildings or at desks or whatever behind laptop screens. And I like to run and I like to experience nature. Plus, we live in a horse community, so I get to see all the horses. And so as I go for a run, as I do this thing, I'm now experiencing these feelings of joy or uh, content or you know, accomplishment because I went on a run and I'm feeling physically fit. But now, let's, let's flip this coin over. Let's say it's raining, so I can't go on a run, or I can't go to Disneyland, which Disneyland in the rain is very fun. But let's say I can't go. Now the feeling cannot be attained, or the experience cannot be attained. Why? Because I can't do the action or activity that links the feeling to my heart. So when we flip that coin, it means that if I don't do this thing, I am not going to feel this way. So let's put this in terms of peace. When I link peace to an activity, I make the connection that if I do this charitable action, if I come to church on a Sunday, if I go to Live in Love, shout out to Live in Love, if I go to Live in Love on a Wednesday, I'm going to feel peace. When I go to small group, I feel peace. But let's say you can't go to small group. Where's your peace? How do you get to it? Let's say you can't come to church on a Sunday. Let's say your family moves and Calvary is not even within driving distance of you anymore. How about COVID? Anyone remember that? Right, when we couldn't gather. So now it's unattainable. This peace is unattainable because I can't get there. I can't do the action that links me to peace, but when I can, when I can do this certain thing, I can feel this certain way, but uh uh-oh, the other side of that coin is when I can't do this thing, I can't feel this way, which which makes peace and my right standing with God, my peace, my connection with my Father now becomes a works-based success or failure rather than a righteousness through Christ reality. So if, if peace is in an activity, then I have to perform 
right? Song and dance. I have to perform for God to give me peace. Whereas on this side, Jesus himself is my peace. And so no matter what I do, no matter where I go, no matter situation that I face, I'm looking into the eyes of peace itself. Like it says in Ephesians 2.14, it says, he himself is my peace. He is the one who embodies peace. His handout is not peace. He is peace. A lot of times we go to God for what God can give us, and God says, come to me because I am all that you need. So there's a difference there. I'm going to try to make this connection where we can see the difference between working for God to give and then understanding that he has already given it through his son, Jesus. And so anytime I talk in this room, anytime I talk anywhere on the earth, it's always going to go back to Jesus because Jesus came and revealed the express image of the Father. He is the one that is our gift. He's our prize. He's the journey to the prize. He's the shovel digging for the treasure, and he's the treasure himself, and he's the field you're digging in. He's the goal. And so as we seek peace in this life, I want to switch that language to we seek Jesus, and peace comes as a result of that search. Okay, so let's dive into a little bit more scripture. Why do we know Jesus is peace? Let's go to Isaiah 9, 6, the book of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We heard this all throughout Christmas. If you were at any Christmas service uh, here at Calvary, we heard this scripture a bunch. And his name will be called, come on, read this with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus was born to be the Prince of Peace. So he was born to bring peace. The angels, when they, when they speak to Mary, or excuse me, when they speak to the shepherds in the field, when Jesus is born, they say, peace on the earth. Peace has entered the chat, right? When Jesus gets here, it's like peace got here. But when Jesus was walking around as a man, the only way to contact peace was to contact him. But now where does Jesus live? On the inside, so wherever haven goes, peace goes, right? Wherever grace goes, peace goes. I can go down the line. If you call yourself a Christian in this room, wherever you go, peace goes with you because the Prince of Peace, that's his name, the Prince of Peace who fills out every portion of your spirit that's on the inside of you, the Prince of Peace goes with you because you guys, I think we can all agree, this world is shaking, literally. Who felt the earthquake two weeks ago? Anybody? No? You guys are like my parents who felt absolutely nothing. She was like, my mom was like, I thought she's in the back. My parents are here again, guys. Say hi. <laughs> Best parents in the world. Come to hear their daughter speak. It's so sweet. Um, but my bed got thrown up against the wall during this earthquake. I don't know if that happened to anybody else, but it was like, go, 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 boom. And my mom was like, I thought I heard something in the middle of the night. I was like, yeah, the ground was absolutely shifting underneath our feet. So here in California, yes, we have physical shaking. We know what an earthquake is, but our society is totally unstable right now. No matter what side you fall on any political scale, any socioeconomical scale, any scale ever is shaken. There is no middle ground in the earth right now. Everything's polarizing. Everything is yanking people apart. Everything, your families are shaken because of your faith. You might be the only Christian in your household. That's a hard reality to live in. 
trying to proclaim Jesus to parents or siblings or whoever else it might be that want nothing to do with him, that's a hard reality. Or you go to school and 99% of the population of your school wants nothing to do with God. And then you hear us on a Sunday being like, go preach to your friends. And you're like, why, how? I won't have friends after I preach to them. So the world is shaking. The ground beneath us is not stable. But Jesus, Ephesians 2.14, he himself is our peace. So now when you are anxious because of a test or anxious because of finals or anxious because your friends are saying all sorts of crazy things about you or other people and the gossip is raging, whenever your world is being shaken, you don't have to rely on an activity or a song and a dance before God for him to give you peace. Why? Because he is your peace. You get to look into his eyes and say, okay, Jesus, all of this is crazy right now, but I'm looking at you. And because you're peace, I know you're going to lead me out of this thing or lead me into this new thing, right? The Holy Spirit is the one that shows us things to come. And so he'll be like, I got you. I got you. I'm walking right here with you. I got you. Eyes on me. Eyes on me, right? I, this isn't even a part of my notes, but when Peter was walking on the water, when he was looking at Jesus, he maintained his position on top of the water. And then the Bible says that he began to sink. Whoop. You guys all just got terrified. That was so funny. Right? Also, how do you begin to sink? I'm pretty sure you just sink. You know what I mean? He was probably like, Jesus, falling down in the water. But as his eyes were fixed on Jesus, he stepped off of that platform and onto the water from the boat. Why? Because he was looking at peace itself in the middle of a storm. You might not be walking on physical water, but a lot of us are treading on some pretty tough waters here in this life. And so Jesus and relationship with Jesus, walking with Jesus, which we're about to get into a little bit more of, is how we survive these storms. It's how we go up the mountain, down into the valley, no matter what. Why? Because he's with us through the whole thing. So let's turn to Isaiah 32, 17. We're going to be in Isaiah a bunch tonight. Isaiah 32, 17. I'm going to take a sip of water. Okay. Isaiah 32, 17. We're going to dissect this just a little bit. The work of righteousness... Oh, excuse me. The effects of righteousness is what it should say. Yeah, I put the translation wrong in my notes. The effect of righteousness will be peace, right? And then the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. Such an interesting scripture, but I want to focus on the first half of it that says that the effect of righteousness will be peace. Have you guys ever heard a word in church that's very Christian-y? Christian easy, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I actually don't know what that word means, but people keep saying it over and over again, so I'm going to pretend like I know what it means. That was me with the word righteousness. I had no idea what it meant when I was growing up, but I was like, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't know what that means, but that was a scripture that I had heard. All righteousness is, is that Jesus, basically that Jesus took your place, right? He hung on the cross. He lived a perfect life to die the most imperfect of deaths, because all of our sin and all of our shame was placed on Jesus' body. He hung on the cross, he died, he rose again. And now when you and I say yes to Jesus, we say, come into my heart and be my Lord. When God looks at us, or when we look at God, Jesus stands in the way. 
Why? Because we are unholy. And a holy God cannot make uh, acquaintance with that which is unholy, which is us. Right? We make mistakes. We're separated from him. But for God to be able to see us and call us righteous, it has nothing to do with what you've done or what you'll ever do, whether good, bad, or ugly. Jesus steps in the way and says, I'll cover them. So now God sees you through his perfect son. And guess what? You get to see God through his perfect son. Because it's through the body of Christ that we get to see our father in all of his glory. Because Jesus came to reveal the father, which is why we're doing this series all about the names of God, which is, Aaron just said it in our meeting earlier today. It's to reveal, if you know his name, you'll know his nature. So when you're walking through trials and tribulations, because life's going to bring them, there's no doubt about that. Now you have a nature of your God that you can call on and say, wait a second, I've been in a lot of anxiety recently. I'm going to walk with the God of peace now. I'm going to see him as peace itself, love itself. All the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. I also, I think I'm, whatever, I think I got it. There used to be a song, it was like love, joy, peace, and patience. Anybody? You guys are like, nope. I'm also a thousand years older than you, so that's probably why you don't know that dance. Um, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. God is all of those things. God doesn't just hand out kindness because if he can hand it out, he can what? Take it back. If he can hand out peace and dish it out to you, that means he can take it back. But because he's peace itself, he never runs out of it. So he can give it to Colton and to Job and to Asher, right? We could go down the line. He can give it to all of us because he is peace itself, right? I can give all of you Sophia because that's who I am. I don't just hand out certain parts of myself to people. What you see is what you get. It's the same with all of us. And so if God is gentleness itself, that means every time you come to him abrasive and angry, he can take it because he's made of gentleness. He doesn't just do gentle things and gently stroke your hair and say, it's going to be okay, and then leave you five minutes later. He is gentleness, so he can take your bad words. He can take your unholy conversations because he's gentleness. God is faithfulness itself, which means no matter how many times you turn your back on him, he will never turn his back on you. God is peace. So when everything is spinning and all of your plates are spinning and you can't hold them up anymore, he can give you all of himself, which is all the peace you're ever going to need. Amen? So Isaiah 32, 17, the work of righteousness or the effect of righteousness will be peace. The effects of your righteousness in Christ, right? When Jesus stands in front of you and gets in the way so God can see you as his perfect baby, the effect of that righteousness is peace in your life. And if Jesus himself is our peace, then the effect of our righteousness is relationship with the man Jesus. And that is the greatest gift, you guys. Grab this as a teenager because it took me till I was 21. Last time I spoke, I showed you those two pictures. It took me a long time to realize that I didn't have to go to God's hand for peace, I had to go to his face. I had to go to his heart. Because in his heart, in relationship with him, I found all that I needed every single time. He never ran out. He was like a bubblegum machine that just never, they just kept coming. 
You know, a bubble gum, it's like this, and it comes down, and it spins down. He, it was everything I need. Father, I, I don't know what to do right now. He's like, I got you, baby. I'll give you whatever you need because I know your heart. And so this is why relationship with Jesus is A1 importance in this life. Yes, community is amazing, but community can only fill you so much. Yes, HSM is the best, okay? I'm sorry, but I think we have the best just community here. I wish I had this when I was in high school, man. I love HSM. But HSM, yeah, give it up for HSM. Woo! But HSM cannot fulfill you. You can't come into this building expecting to leave full because of the people you talk to. You need to come into this building expecting to meet with God who you know and who you love because he's going to fulfill you. Because when you start linking peace to activities, when you can't perform those activities anymore or you run dry or you run tired, where do you get it? You'll live a struggling life trying to find that. And life itself is hard enough. So let's go to the person that is peace. And he says, I'll go through everything with you. Just lock eyes with me. I'll tell you everything you need to know. I'll tell you what college you need to go to. I'll tell you what, what uh, university that isn't going to give you the right amount of money, so apply to this one, right? I'll, I won't ever get your hopes up for false expectations. I will always bring you fulfilled hope. So let's keep going because I want to give you guys practical tips to go along with this. I don't want to just spew things at you and then you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Because it's easy in Christianity for people to say big words and think that we did a great job from up here on this stage, what, two and a half, three feet higher than you? But it's when you walk out there and the fruit of your life proves what we say up here, that's when we get blessed. Because if there's no fruit, then what's, what's going on? Where's the root of it, right? What's, what's going on up here? Are we giving you practical tools? And I think our team does a great job at giving practical tools of just how to walk this Christian life out. Why? Because we see the fruit in you guys. So from our team to your ears, you guys are producing beautiful fruit in your lives, and we love walking alongside you and seeing it inside of you. So if you haven't been affirmed in that recently, be affirmed in that, that we are so proud of all of you. Even if it's your first time in here, we are so glad that you're here. Because God loves you, he sees you, he's walking with you, and now he wants to get to know you deep in your heart, in your mind. So we're going we're gonna to talk about all of that. Isaiah 26.3. Head over to Isaiah 26.3. I told you we'd be in Isaiah a whole bunch. Let me find it. Actually, I have it written down. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. This thing right here, right? I know this is a physical book. That God is not in these pages. He's not in this cover, although it's really pretty. It's from Crossway, um, if you wanted to know. Um, but this is how we meet with God. This is how we keep our mind stayed on the Lord. Because if Isaiah 26.3 says that he, you will keep, Father, you will keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That means as we keep our mind stayed on God, God keeps us in perfect peace. Does it say that, that this has a condition on it like 
if you're really good, he will keep you stayed on perfect peace? Does it say that if you make straight A's, if you make straight A's, he will keep you in perfect peace? Or if you date that really hunky basketball player, he will keep, do you guys even use the word hunky anymore? Probably not. I just dated myself so bad. You will keep him in perfect peace. Does he, someone in here is like, oh my gosh, she knows. She knows about the basketball player. Because all of you guys are like, Ugh. right, Troy Bolton, try. Right now I can hardly breathe. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's what I was expecting, guys. But if you date that super cool, awesome, whatever, does that keep you in perfect peace? No. Whoever's mind is stayed on the Lord will be kept in perfect peace by peace himself. And so what does that look like? That's time, right? If I wanted to get to know, let's take Katie, okay? I'm going to take Katie right out of the front row. Katie and I, we know each other, but do we know each other, Katie? Do you even know what my favorite color is? No, it's a shame. I don't even think I have a favorite color. Uh, my sister's favorite color is pink. That's all I know. But Katie doesn't know much about me. I don't know much about Katie. When I'm in a crisis and I call Katie and I say, Katie, Katie, my heart is racing. I'm, I'm anxious. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? What advice do you have? Katie's going to be like, gosh, Sophia, I wish I could, but I just, I don't know you very well. We've never spent any time together. We've never shared a meal together. We've never read the word together. We've never gone to rag together. We've never done any of these things together. How am I supposed to know how to help you when you're in a crisis? And I'll be like, gosh, Katie, I don't know how you're supposed to help me. But I was told you could help, right? We run to Jesus like that, you guys. This guy that we barely know, we said yes to him and we don't know why because he made us feel good in a moment and we run towards him when we're in struggle. But when things are good, we don't talk to him. So when we're in the crisis, we run to him and we're like, please help me. And he's like, but we don't know each other. Now, granted, the mercy of God is what pours out on us in those times, but wouldn't you rather go to the one you know and trust because you know he's going to tell your heart something that you need for it, um, everything to change in a moment? Like Sophie and I. Sophie and I have known each other since I was a junior in high school. Rather, when I call Katie in a crisis, Katie's like, gosh, I don't know how to help you. We don't know each other. But when I call Sophie, Sophie's got the right words. Why? Because we know each other, because we've spent time together, because we've laughed together, because we've cried together, right? Because we've spent our lives learning each other. That's what it gets to be like with Jesus. But guess what? He's not going to fail you. At some point in time, Sophie's going to fail me and I'm going to fail Sophie because we can't be each other's rock. We can't be each other's cornerstone Right? In Ephesians, it says that Jesus, or excuse me, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. That scripture should be in there, that Christ Jesus himself is our cornerstone. He is our rock. He's our firm foundation, right? We sing that song all the time. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Why do we sing that when everything, right, everything around me is shaken, but our relationship with God is shaken. No, he wants a firm relationship with you. And guess what? It could take you 20 years after this talk right now for you to run to Jesus, but he would still want to get to know you just as eagerly as he does right now. That doesn't change. 
And so rather than running to him in a crisis and relying on mercy, let's walk in grace, the empowerment of grace in relationship with Jesus because the effects of your righteousness is peace, like it says in Isaiah. The effects of your righteousness in Christ Jesus is peace. It's the gift that comes from it. So we spend time. We spend time with him. We spend time in the word. I'm not talking about with each other. I'm talking about you and God. That's it. You spend time together. You learn him. He knows every hair on your head. But guess what? He wants you to tell him some of the things that you're dealing with. You know, Lord, I failed my final. I failed my Algebra two final when I was in high school. Anybody? Algebra two honors? Worst class in the universe. Worst class in the universe. Failed my final. Actually, I fainted in the shower the day before I took that final. We won't get into that story. But I fainted in the shower, which caused me not to be able to study, and I failed my final. That's a moment when you want to run to God because my grades aren't perfect. My life feels like it's falling apart. Why the heck did I faint in the shower? Who knows? But that's when you run to God because he's your peace. All right, settle down. You're all telling failing final stories. But spending time, you guys, it's the best thing you'll ever invest in is your relationship with Jesus. Go to the beach together, drive in the car together, listen to music together, sit on your couch together. However you connect with him, go find him. Because guess what? When you put in the time when you're on the mountaintop with him and you're spending time with him when everything's good, When things start to go sour, your relationship with him is consistent because now you trust him. And so you can run, you'll more easily run to someone you trust than someone you won't, right? I can't, it's hard for me to run to Katie because Katie and I don't know each other. But when I run to Sophie, man, I know that she's gonna give me the answer that I need. Why? Because we've invested time in each other. So I'm gonna tell you a quick story. um, about peace and how it practically worked in my life, and then we'll wrap this thing up. So when I was, uh, it was Thanksgiving, this past Thanksgiving, it was 2022, uh, my sister got engaged on November 22nd, is that correct, family in the back? November 22nd, woo, I'm getting a brother-in-law. She was getting engaged November 22nd, it was Thanksgiving on November 24th. Gotta love Thanksgiving. And so, I am a midwife and a doula. I deliver babies. That's what I do. It's like my part-time, my part-time gig. And you guys are like, what? A doula is basically like a birth cheerleader. A midwife's like the birth quarterback. So that's kind of the two. That's how I distinguish the two. We won't go into any detail from that. But that's basically what it is. So I was quarterbacking or midwifing for my friend, my best friend Drew. It was her third baby. I've delivered her other two babies. And she lives in the state of South Carolina. How far away is South Carolina? too far, okay? It's really far. It's across the country. And so I was planning to fly into South Carolina on the 26th of November. Drew texts me one day out of the blue, and she says, "Um, can I call you? And I was like, okay, no emojis. Something's wrong, right? So instantly when your friend just texts you, like, no periods, no nothing, just lowercase, I was like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. So she calls me. This is like two weeks before um, her due date. And she was like, She calls me, she gets on the phone. Now Drew's a Christian, Drew loves the Lord. We met in Bible college, she's amazing. And we get on the phone, she goes, "Um, I think you're gonna miss the birth. I said, excuse me? I was like, what? She was like, I think you're gonna miss it because I don't have peace. I I don't have peace 
that you're gonna make the birth with, with your ticket being on November 26th. And I was like, you're kidding. Because that's not great to hear. I'm on the other side of the country. My sister's getting engaged on Tuesday. Thanksgiving's on Thursday. I'm supposed to get there on Saturday, right? So all these thoughts start rising up in my head. But because I've spent time with Jesus, here's the practical tool. Because I invested my time in Jesus while I was on the mountaintop, starting to slope on this valley, and I'm like, wait, but I know God, and God didn't tell me that I was going to miss this birth. So I said, what are you feeling? Thankfully, we have a relationship where we can talk very candidly with each other, but she says, I don't know. I just don't have peace. I have an unsettling in my heart. And I know Drew enough to know that when Drew hears from the Lord, she's heard correctly. And so I was like, okay, ticket prices are high. I literally can't miss my sister's engagement. I only have one sister. This is only gonna happen one time, praise the Lord. I have to be there for that on Tuesday. I really don't feel like missing Thanksgiving with my brand new extended family. What am I gonna do, God? And so she was like, well, why don't we look at tickets for other days? So we're searching, searching, searching for tickets on other days. I'm like, shoot, we can't find anything. Everything's like a bajillion dollars. And I said, you know what? Best I can do is come in the Friday, November 25th. I said, the best I can do is come in on that Friday. And so she's like, you sure? And I said, that's the best I can do. And so we book a ticket for Friday in like the morning. It was like 8 o'clock in the morning. I was going to leave Florida where we were having Thanksgiving and fly up to North Carolina and drive down to South Carolina. It's a whole thing. If you have questions, ask me later. But we had this whole ordeal, and I was like, okay, Friday. And I said, you pray about it, I'll pray about it, and then we'll talk. So we booked the ticket for Friday. We hang up, and I go into my time with the Lord. I think this was like the next morning, and I said, Lord, what's going on? And because we have a relationship, and I can hear his voice, I can, I can read this and understand what he's trying to tell me. He said, you're not going to miss it. I said, are you sure? <laughs> he was like, no, you're not going to miss it. I'm telling you that you are not going to miss this birth. And I said, okay, I trust you, right? Because the effects of my righteousness is peace. So the effects of my relationship with Jesus is peace. And so in relationship with Jesus, I said, what do I do? He said, you're not going to miss it. I said, okay, let me talk to Drew. So I get on the phone with Drew. She's like, out to here. And I was like, what do you think? She goes, you know this, right after we got off the phone, I was like, ah, oh, man, I still don't feel good. She goes, but a few hours went by, and that unrest I had settled, and my peace returned. Right, because everyone has a baseline. Even if it's got a little bit of anxiety in there, you have a baseline. You know when it's not fine and when you're fine. We all agree that we know when we're not fine and we know when we're fine, right? Everybody's got a baseline. And so she's like, in my words that I'm putting in her mouth right now, she's like, I return to my baseline. The band's going to come up here as uh, I finish out this story. But she's like, I return to my baseline. And I was like, okay. And so I checked in on her Tuesday. Carly gets engaged. Yay! I was like, how you feeling? She's like, I'm good. Check in on Wednesday. How you feeling? I'm fine. Thursday, I'm good. I was like, okay, get on the plane Friday. I was like, how are you feeling? She's like, I'm okay. So I get on the plane. I go, bye, parents. They're like, why do you deliver babies in bathtubs in people's living rooms? And I was like, I don't know, but I do it anyways. And so I get on the plane. I get in the car. And all of a sudden, I step through the front door, and I'm there. I said, where's the baby? She said, in my stomach. I said, praise you, Jesus. Three hours later, her contraction started, and three hours after that, Salem Paul Leonard, who I have a picture, a few pictures of, was born. Right? Look at, he looks like Bao from the little Disney short. 
You guys, I was like, you had a bow, baby. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen. But this is Salem Paul. I want you to look at that time, November 26th at 12.31 a.m. When was my ticket for? November 26th at 4 p.m., my original ticket. But because we trust God and because we spend time with God and because Jesus is our peace, he led me and my best friend to move a plane ticket 24 hours. And I made it. He's healthy. Everything's fine. And now we've got this cool story to say that whenever you are not at rest, whenever you are not at peace, look into the eyes of the one that you call Savior and Lord and find your peace in him. Find it in the word. Find it in his love. And yes, when you come in this room, you can experience it and you can feel it. Why? Because his presence is so thick in here. But God does not get trapped in the four walls of this building. God goes with you in your car. Jesus goes with you. It's like the Haunted Mansion. There's so many Disney references tonight. You know when you're on the Haunted Mansion, it's like this ghost is going home with you. Jesus is going with you wherever you go. And so Philippians 4, 7 is the last scripture I'm going to put up here so you guys can walk away with this. It says, and let the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace that surpasses all understanding looks like a plane ticket pushed back 24 hours. That doesn't make sense to anybody, but it makes sense to Salem. (laughs) He's pretty glad that his mom and his aunt know how to listen to the peace of God. Peace might look like not going to the school that gives you the full ride, but going to the one where God's going to bring you your best friends for the rest of your life. You okay, Christian? (laughs) You guys, the Shackleford's guitars are just one after the other. Connor's caught on fire one time, but we won't talk about that. (laughs) We were in rehearsal and it was like, I think I see smoke. And Connor's guitar is like, like exploding in the corner. Let's stand together really quick. You, your parents are going to be like, what do you learn at church? Be like, well, I learned that babies come quick and that the Shacklefords don't have good guitars. But other than that, I don't know what happened. All right, I'm going to speak over you, okay? I'm going to declare some things over your life, and then we're going to go into worship. All right, so however you want to receive this, you can close your eyes, you can put your hands over your heart, you can go like this. I'm just going to speak things over you because there is power in our words. Proverbs 18, 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so right now in Jesus' name, I speak the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to guard the heart and the mind of each student that is in this room. I declare any anxiety in this room to bow its knee to the name of Jesus, to bow its knee to the peace of Jesus Christ. Any fear of the future in this room, bow your knee right now to the name of Jesus. I speak to the students of broken homes that there will be peace in your house as you enter and exit. Peace goes in with you. Peace remains while you're gone and you come home to peace in that broken household in Jesus' name. I speak peace right now over broken relationships, whether it be romantic or platonic, broken relationships. There's students in here that you have a desire for a relationship to mend. And so I speak peace to those storms right now in Jesus' name. Any broken relationship, Father, that is meant to be together, 
Father, who, any door that you open cannot be shut by man. And so I speak peace into those situations right now. Thank you, Lord. And finally, I speak peace into the hearts of those that don't know you, Jesus. Those that don't know you, they're hearing about a guy who died on a piece of wood and don't know what to make of it, but Holy Spirit, bring the peace that surpasses all understanding into every household tonight, that as heads hit the pillows, that you are the only thing we can think about. Father, we thank you for revealing us, revealing yourself to us through your son, Jesus. We bless your name in this house. Lord, we thank you for Calvary HSM, that it is full of students of the word and disciples of Jesus Christ. And so we bless your name and we pray all these things in the matchless name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Let's worship. We hope that was a blessing to you. You can connect with us on social media at Calvary HSM 805 on Instagram or on our website. God bless you.